Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanokas. The opening practice running for the 2020 Russian Grand Prix took place today in Sochi, and that's the topic for our latest bite-sized podcast. Now, as I work on my post-practice feature analysis of the day's pecking order for autosport.com+, which, as usual, you'll be able to read from Friday evening, I'm going to hand over to my colleagues, Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Legg, and our F1 reporter, Luke Smith, who will guide you through all the big talking points of the day's F1 action in Russia. Over to you, Jake and Luke. With the run of triple headers at an end, Formula One has ventured to Sochi for its first standalone race of the 2020 season, the Russian Grand Prix. Mercedes has a winning record in Grand Prix racing in Russia, dating all the way back to 1913. Since the World Championship event was formed in 2014 at Sochi, the Silver Harrows have won every single race, and there's little sign of that changing this weekend. Valtteri Bottas was able to lead both sessions for Mercedes ahead of teammate Lewis Hamilton on Friday in Sochi, with the pair finishing over a second clear in the afternoon session. Daniel Ricciardo was left to lead the rest of the field for Renault, taking third ahead of McLaren drivers Carlos Sainz Jr. and Lando Norris. Max Verstappen could only finish the day seventh for Red Bull, showing little hope of taking the fight to Mercedes. But it was not a straightforward session. A number of drivers had spins or lockups, including Hamilton and Verstappen, who both lost their second qualifying simulations in FP2 to mistakes on a scrappy day in Sochi. Joining me to go over all of today's action in Russia is Autosport Technical Editor Jake Boxall-Legg. Now, Jake, Mercedes dominant again. It seems to be a recurring theme on these Friday podcasts when, when we chat about it. But sitting over a second clear of the field today is going to take something fairly extraordinary to turn things around, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely very extraordinary. Um, some kind of massive onset of rain or something like that or snow. We're going to need all the elements to stop, aren't we? It's, it seems pretty ominous pace um yeah as you say over a second ahead Valtteri Bottas very much on top as he as he tends to be during practice sessions um but 
as he said uh, post-session, there's more to come from Mercedes. So let's hope someone else has got a little bit more in their pocket too. It's always rather ominous when Mercedes will sort of like sweep the floor with everyone in a session and then come back and be like, yeah, it's all right. There's more to come though. We've got homework to do and whatever. And obviously they're ne- never going to come out and be like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to boss it. Like we're smashing this or whatever. But it's still, uh, as you say, rather ominous indeed. But the man leading that midfield fight and I think getting as close as uh, anyone could today was Daniel Ricciardo for Renault. He's uh, obviously been on a very good run of form recently. He's had two fourth place finishes in the last three races. He was able to finish third today. Uh, Renault has tended to go pretty well as tracks needing good straight line speed recently. Obviously in Sochi, we've got uh, a couple of very, very long straights. Should Cyril Abibal be getting a little bit worried about, about the tattoo bet? Like, is this the weekend that we could see Ricardo break through and uh, finally get on the rostrum for Renault? Well, we've said that the last two weekends, haven't we? <laughs> and his uh, his skin remains relatively unblemished at this point in time. But I feel like the, the tattooist's gun is being primed you know every single race and it is just a matter of time um and obviously daniel ricardo with p3 and p2 um he, he he'll want to be the one that delivers that that podium that ensures that Cyril beatball is strapped to a tattooist chair and told not to grimace too much as you know he presumably has something race related put upon his body i don't know um but yeah, it, it's getting closer. I don't know if this will be the weekend, but it it, it it will get there, certainly. Max Verstappen was very complimentary about Renault's pace. He said he thought it would be very tough for Red Bull to beat Renault to third place in qualifying tomorrow. said he was a little bit more confident about Red Bull's chances come race day. Uh, both Verstappen and Albon, they said that they were always expecting to struggle a little bit in Sochi this weekend. Both the Red Bull drivers are running a little bit different downforce levels uh, on their cars. Uh, when when you sort of look at rebels chances coming into the rest of the weekend jake like is it is a podium still within reach do you think do you expect them to turn things around do you think it's all smoking mirrors or do you think that the track will play more to their midfield rivals advantage in terms of race pace it should it should see rebel a little bit more we you know Renault is a very very quick car certainly um but we have just seen it sort of fall away in races a little bit um and and we saw that last weekend as well because well you know alex Albon relatively easily got past Daniel Ricciardo as he hunted him down. Red Bull on the medium tire particularly looked pretty good. It was a little bit behind in terms of the in the terms of the soft running, but I think it just had the edge on what we would consider to be race tires. So you know I think it'll be sort of a little bit of give and take, but yeah, uh, I think Red Bull has still more to come, I think. Certainly. And uh, as I mentioned, both the drives are running a, a very little bit different uh, downforce levels, trying different things, trying to work out uh, obviously their setups for this weekend. Uh, in terms of other sort of technical spots, Jake, I mean, what what did you see? What caught your technical eye out there today? Uh, we saw McLaren, I think, trialing the Mercedes style nose that we saw a couple of races ago. Uh, what other bits uh, were out there to spot? Well, Ferrari is a relatively significant upgrade package, I think it'll be fair to say. Um, you know, they said pre-weekend that they were bringing it in to sort of get the ball rolling for 2021 and kind of see what needs to be done there um one thing they have got is a new rear wing and i think this came up on the live feed on tv uh as well um they've gone for sort of what mercedes has done with the rear wing end plates um which i i can't really get too much into a what is very visual medium in a in a audio format but it is very very similar if you look at the two sort of like side by side um you know they've made a few minor changes to the to the front end as well 
Racing Point as well. They've still got the upgrades that they brought to Mugello on Stroll's car. Um, again, pre-weekend, it, it became apparent that they couldn't create two sets of them in time, which was disappointing because obviously Stroll kind of uh, put a few cracks in the first set, let's say, put it bluntly. But he's he's got them on again. It, it seems to be a very, very good step in the right direction. Not Mars now said that it was worth up to, you know, 0.3, 0.4 of a second. Um you know that's quite a big update so it'll be interesting to see how it sort of copes on a circuit that we're more familiar with as well i think Magello's a weird place to bring an update because it's not a circuit you have you have previous of it's not a circuit you have data for so it was a little bit of a gamble um but sochi is a much more familiar circuit and obviously you know they'll have more uh, a much clearer picture of, of how it stacks certainly. up certainly in that uh, time game that Omar Safnar said he hoped the racing point could make obviously so so crucial in this really close midfield fight we've got on right now uh, Sergio Perez even without the updates he was able to finish 6th in FP2 uh, Lance draw a little bit more of a difficult session finishing 17th but uh, obviously didn't really get the uh, get to maximise the full potential of the update package he's got on the car uh, racing point they've uh, made clear that it is not the 2020 Mercedes suspension that they've uh, brought us part of the updates and as part of that updated rear end on the car uh you mentioned ferrari there as well a bit of a better day for them charlotte Clerc finishing eighth sebastian vettel 10th uh i believe uh this morning session when vettel finished uh ninth i believe in fp1 that was the first time in four grand prix weekends that vettel had uh been inside the top 10 on a, on a friday i think which is uh quite damning but uh anyway uh that is how the picture is looking in that close midfield fight uh it was a bit of a boring friday otherwise i thought jake to be honest with you we had uh, i'm gonna be very honest about it i mean friday practice it's uh, uh it's always one for the the perhaps the more dedicated Formula One fan, and particularly in Sochi, obviously not a track that is uh, exactly stirring at all, like Spa or Monza or any sort of uh, new curiosity like we had at Mugello. It's, uh, yeah, we, we know what we get with Sochi. Um, what do you think? Is this, are days like this, is it more a reflection of Sochi itself? Is it more a reflection of f one sort of Friday format? What do you think? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. Luckily, there were a few sort of things to talk about. Um, there are a couple of red flags in FP1. Um, I think it is an indictment of the the practice sessions. And I, I know that obviously Formula One in the past, it would have four practice sessions over a weekend. And that's a ridiculous number. But I think the real test of this is going to be Imola. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how Formula One copes with two fewer practice sessions. And I think in terms of variability, in terms of, you know, n- not overexposing the fan base to too much of a the same thing over a weekend, it will be sort of like a short snap weekend. And I think it will be a lot more enjoyable. Um, but then again, you know, Sochi... It's not a circuit that lends. It, it is conducive to to intrigue. It's relatively barren in terms of scenery. You've got you know you've got the stadiums, but it's again. I think I moaned about Paul Ricard being a car park last week, <laughs> but I do that most weeks to be fair. Um, but Sochi's sort of also a bit of a car park to be honest with you. Uh, it did get to a point where we we're struggling to think of things to talk about, so I decided to perhaps go for a little bit of a rundown of all the restaurants that are available in Sochi and Adler. There's quite a good one near the circuit, actually. I can't remember the name of it. And then if you go a little bit further downtown into Adler, there's a Breaking Bad bar. And the fact that I've gone on this tangent probably serves to illustrate 
my views on this circuit. Such yourself, because I remember I went there for the first time last year and I was told all these horror stories about people who'd been there for the first race in 2014 and they were like, I'll pack some food with you and like, because you're not going to eat and the restaurants take forever and all of that. And I actually had quite a pleasant time. Like, I didn't I didn't venture very far. I didn't go into Adler or anything like that. I, just, I stayed in a fairly nice hotel and every night would order a few white Russians and I'd be well on my way. I'd be very happy. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, an, an acquired taste, let's say for, for a track, but, uh, yes, uh, definitely, definitely one of those races that I think that we maybe wouldn't mind a little less practice running in the future. Well, firstly, I think partially that's down to the world cup having been there in 2018 and they improved mm. all the infrastructure and everything. I can't imagine what it'd been like to been there in it 2014. Bad, it just would have been nothing. I mean, I found, I did find when I was there in, in 2018 for uh, Formula 2, there was a, a small shop I found and I went there and uh, got a few Russian snacks, which was uh, interesting. But the uh, vodka was a lot cheaper than Pringles <laughs> as well. It, it's one of those ones that the F1 fraternity doesn't love going to. And the visa process is a little bit uh, daunting, I think. Um, but it is not so bad nowadays yeah, definitely. and uh, it's been interesting seeing the number of uh, journalists who have made it out to out to russia uh two of our colleagues are there on site for autosport of motorsport.com uh, which is a great testament to their efforts it's uh yeah definitely definitely an interesting race but uh anyway uh, away from the culinary delights of, of sochi and the adler area uh it was quite a big news day off track for formula we got a formal confirmation that stefano domenicali will be taking over as ceo and president of f1 on the 1st of january in 2021 he's going to replace chase carey who after three and a half years nearly four years it'll be by then uh he will be moving upstairs becoming a non-executive director for f1 uh domenicali's appointment it's uh, obviously we reported it a few days ago now being confirmed it's really i think one widespread praise through the f1 paddock everyone's very pleased to see him come on board uh jake what do you think i mean is it good to have f1 with a racing man back in charge the the appointment of carey was never was never a permanent one uh it was always just a sort of bed in liberty as its well, you know title shareholder and promoter and everything like that and he's done a phenomenal job to get teams to sign up to a cost cap to sort of get them all together i think it, that has been helped by the current global situation that we're in but it's no mean feat to get everybody on the same page but with domenicali coming in he's not just a racing man as well he's he's a businessman as well and he's he's got those skills on both sides of the table so he'll understand what it's like to run a team and how these teams are operating within the framework of formula one but you know he's been ceo for lamborghini he was heavily involved in the commercial side of ferrari for you know a very very long time so you know i think probably almost he was with ferrari for like 25 years or something almost 25 years um so i think he's a very very impressive get i think a lot of the f1 teams are very very happy that he'll be in charge of that governance for fom obviously he'll be working alongside ross braun once more uh harking back to the ferrari glory days uh at the, at the turn of the millennium so I, I think it's i think it's the right call um to be honest with you to be honest with you within the you know the the framework and what's allowed i can't really think of anybody else really i know people were probably touting toto wolf as a potential successor but you have that two-year grace rule or something like that so 
I think given the the circumstances, I think you know he's probably the yeah. I'd be fully really. inclined to agree with you. I think he's uh, done brilliant work with Lamborghini over the past sort of three three and a half years. He's been really really impressive there. So I think it's uh, as you say, not just a racing man, a businessman as well. He knows how to build a brand and, and really sort of turn fortunes around. Uh, F one is in a, a really good spot right now. I think that the changes we've got coming that as you say have really been put in place by Kerry and his team since the Liberty takeover. I think he's put it in a good spot. So I think it's going to be very exciting to see what. Domenicali can do at the helm and, and where he can take it. Uh, to round out, uh, let's maybe talk a little bit about something that Liberty has been discussing as a possible change uh, for, for the future, uh, and that is uh, the reverse grid qualifying races. That's something that's been uh, on the burner for a while, obviously was rejected for this season uh, by Mercedes. Uh, for next year, we saw that amazing race at Monza that's kind of rekindled a lot of the, the conversation, but it appears there is now a bit more opposition to the plans than there was in the past. Uh, obviously, it now needs a super majority, not unanimous but that means if three teams say no then it's off the table Mercedes we know are still opposed McLaren and now today said that they're against it as well uh, Red Bull not really making very positive noises Christian Horner said he'd rather see a non-championship race for this to be tried out uh, what do you think Jake like do you think it's a little bit pointless given that we've got the 2022 regulation change coming up that's meant to sort of fix all of these issues that F1 has we need time to see how those play out first and I know it's frustrating that we're not getting them next year uh we're getting them two in two years but i'm i'm to be honest with you i'm a little bit torn because i'd like to see it tried and i'd like to see it in action before the before we write it off um you know you know it's sort of a little bit of suck and see and see what what comes of it but at the same time i do get the the the, the opposition the reluctance to kind of change i know for F1 to keep moving on, it's got to sort of, you know, take a few risks and that sort of thing. But I don't think at this time it is the right thing to do. I know Monza got a lot of people's hopes up and everyone was like going, oh, this what could happen if the grid was jumbled up and that kind of thing. But that if we have that every week, it's just going to be a very, very contrived format. And the fact that Monza was special because it happens so infrequently that's what that's what made that race if it happened every week you just kind of go oh here we go again you know it would just be like a an f2 sprint race or something like that um and i i don't like that i like the you know you've got to have a few boring races to you know make the special ones so special um that, that's my my view on it, at least. No, very wise words indeed. Uh, well, that wraps it up for today's bite-sized podcast. Uh, looking back on Friday in Sochi, thank you, Jake, very much for joining me. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with all of the action from FP3, which starts at 10 p.m. UK time on uh, AllSport.com on the live blog, and with all the regular news, analysis, and reports throughout the rest of the Russian Grand Prix weekend. Well, thanks to Luke and Jake for their thoughts, and thanks to everybody listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out yesterday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This year is your year, even if you also said that in 2022. And however you want to make a splash, Mother Nature can help you every step of the way with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes made from premium, supernatural, weather-repellent materials. So you can jump into this year with both feet, rain or shine. The high-top runners are made from temperature-regulating, moisture-wicking merino wool, treated with durable puddle guard technology to keep you dry and comfy. And you can take confident strides with supernatural rubber treads that grip for all-conditioned traction and sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles that put a little bounce in each step. Allbirds is constantly innovating to increase the performance and longevity of their earth-friendly materials. So even on your toughest outings, you'll wear out before your shoes do. This year, make a splash without worrying about getting your feet wet with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.